Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. We, uh, we preached a message uh, called uh, Jesus the Healer, and, um, and it is some tough things uh, in there because uh, really I was dealing with the, um, a lot of times how we will, we'll try to make up our own doctrines as far as um, what God does and what God doesn't do, not solely based on the word, but sometimes we do it based on our experiences. And, um, you know, how many you know that, that, that we, don't, we shouldn't serve God or believe God based on our life experiences, all, all, although how real that they are. I'm not, I'm not negating the realism of them, but I'm saying that the word of God can't, uh, can't be changed uh, by, by the human condition. Amen? The word of God is the word of God. It's absolute truth. Amen? So it's our, our job to, uh, to get in there and rightly divide that and, and, and hope that we have. And if you missed that last week, I encourage you to go back on our podcast or whatever and listen to that. But this is kind of a, a part two, if you will, but uh, it's, it's a little bit different turn. But it's called Faith in Circumstances. And, um, you know, uh, somebody told me uh, a long time ago uh, that you're, and it's probably pretty popular, but I remember hearing it as a young man and it stuck with me. There's a few things that stuck with me, uh, just sayings that stuck with me that I, I've always remembered. And um, one person said, you know, uh, there, there's a, basically a falsehood, a false uh, sense of security, if you will, that, um, that we can just maintain as people, right? That we just get to a certain point and we just maintain. And uh, a person told me one time, it says, it says, you're never maintaining. You're either going forward or you're sliding backwards, but you're never truly just maintaining. So no matter how you feel about your current situation, you are never just maintaining. Uh, it's, it's, it's a false sense of security. Because even though you might think, well, everything's kind of seemingly staying where it's at, uh, you, you can be slowly moving back, especially in the things of God. Now, there may be different situations in the natural, uh, but this morning we're, we're predominantly talking about spiritual things and how we're never just gonna get to a place in God and say, I think that's good enough. Right, I think that's, I mean, you know, I, I came a lot farther than I ever thought I would come. How many of you are in here say, I came a lot farther than I ever thought I'd ever come? I think that's good enough, let's just say right here. That's, that's really just a false sense of security. It, it really won't happen. You are moving at all times, and the reason why you're moving at all times is because time is always moving, amen? Time is, it never stops, right? We've said it this year, I don't know how many times, it was like 2023 had to have been the fastest year ever, right? But it was the same amount of days, it was the same amount of sunsets, same amount of sunrises, but it just felt like it was warp speed, amen? Time is, is never gonna stop uh, it's, uh, until it does, <laughs> but it's, it's there, and you're never maintaining, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. We can think that we're, taking a break sometimes and got our heels dug in, you know? Anybody ever uh, growing up played tug of war and you kind of get to that place where you feel like you gained a little bit of ground and, 
and you try to anchor, you try to dig your heels in, and, and you're just gonna take a breather there for a minute. So we can kind of think that we're taking a break sometimes and digging our heels in, but if, if we've stopped moving in one direction, we have instantly started sliding into the opposite direction. Amen? As believers, we have one direction to move towards. How many know where that is? It's towards him. We have one direction to move towards, and that is towards him. As a direct contrast to that, circumstance in our life, let me back up, let me say this. Faith is that component in our lives as a Christian that has to be there to effectively keep us moving towards him. Let me say that again in case you're writing things down. Faith is that component in our lives as a Christian that has to be there to effectively keep us moving towards him. But in direct contrast, circumstance in our lives is that component that comes to halt our progress in faith towards God and begin the backsliding thoughts and the feelings process. So let me say it a little bit more simply. Faith keeps us moving towards God. Circumstance is that thing that comes into our life to try to halt us from moving towards God. And if it's successful, it'll begin the backsliding process. And now, I'm not necessarily talking about backsliding uh, as probably we have come to know it in the modern church age or throughout the years. You know, a lot of times people use the word backsliding um, to, um, you know, describe someone who used to go to church and doesn't anymore, right? Oh, they're just a backslider. They're just backslidden. And, and I guess that there, there's an, that's an element to it. But how many of you know people begin to backslide in their heart way before they actually begin to make motions that we can see? Amen? As a pastor, that's, that's one of the things that, and I don't know of all pastors, I, I only have me uh, for instance, but I would, I would feel pretty sure um, that most pastors, especially pastors that care about their sheep, and especially pastors that have been doing it for a while, um, it's just like any, anybody in here that does something and you're, and you're passionate about it and you, you watch it, you, you watch for patterns. I can almost tell when someone is, uh, you know, not almost, I can tell a lot of times when somebody is wrestling in their heart and when somebody is contemplating, when somebody has begun to, to let circumstances and where they're at uh, begin to try to pull them away from the house of God so they can get them out there by, them, by themselves. And you know, the Bible talks about that. The it, it, um, it, Bible says that, the, that uh, Satan, he walks about as a roaring lion see, seeking whom he may devour. And I always use this illustration, I think probably a lot of people have, but um, you know, he's not a lion, but he, 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 he hunts like one. And um, if any of you guys, like me, I grew up and I loved, uh, we, didn't, we, we grew up out in the country and so we, we had three, six, and 12 and sometimes 33, right? And, uh, and it was real static and you had to really wanna watch it. Um, but uh, when I was a kid, um, when we would go to my dad's house in, in Mobile, they, they lived in, in town and everybody had uh, um, you know, cable and all that stuff. So man, we binge watched Discovery Channel, National Geographic, we loved that stuff. And you get on there and they would have the different documentaries about different animals and you'd watch the way those lions hunt and, and really what they're trying to do is they're, 
they, they, they'll get in there and they'll kind of start moving the herd and they'll, they'll, they'll watch for the, for the young and the old and the weak and the sick to kind of break off and that's who they're gonna devour. They, they wanna break you uh, off from that. And, and it's the same thing with the enemy. Uh, he, he brings in, he'll, he'll use that circumstance that we, uh, that, that we have in life to get you out by yourself uh, and, and break you away from, from strength. Well, what, what is our strength as, as believers? Well, our strength, number, number one, is uh, who we are and what we have in Christ Jesus. Our strength is our salvation in, in Christ, the word of God, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. But then another big part of our strength as Christians is being a part of the household of faith, amen? Being a part of the household of God. That's a big part of our strength. I don't know where I would be today if I didn't have uh, you guys, if I didn't have the church, amen? I, I just, I really don't. I'm not, I'm not trying to just uh, to, to say nice things. I really don't know where I would be uh, because there's so much strength and there's so much power. And you know, uh, if, you're, if your family loves God and, and uh, I'm talking about your actual family loves God and they're believers, then yes, they're, they're a big strength in that too. Uh, but even that sometimes isn't enough uh, but the household, if you, if you belong to a good church and you believe to a, uh, belong to a body of believers, then there's so much strength that can come from that. And I, I'm super thankful uh, for you guys and what you mean in my life. You know, uh, back uh, several years ago when I was sick with COVID in the hospital, I'll tell you the truth. It was like, because of where I was at, I mean, I have, I have stood in faith and believing for people and watched them get healed, not because of me, I'm just saying, uh, I, was, I was there, and, I, and, and I, there was no problem. I had no problem doing that. But it was like when I got sick and I got weak, I know that there was, there was, really, there was little to low amounts of faith for me to pray for myself. Can I just be transparent and honest with you today? There was little to low. You say, you preach this stuff all the time. I preach it, and I believe it, and I walk in it. But when it came to me, and I was, I was down, my mind was, was, was just, I don't know, just, I couldn't believe for myself. So I know that it was because of my wife and my kids and you guys and my friends and family that are believers that were praying for me because there's no reason that I should have, for one, I think I was to a point where it, 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 it was getting to a bad place. And two, even the doctors and the nurses could not believe I was getting out of there in four days. They're like, the nurse came in. She said, you're, you're leaving today? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, uh, I saw your charts. I saw your, you shouldn't be leaving today. I said, well, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here, right? That wasn't attributed to me. Obviously, Jesus is the healer, but he uses people, amen? And so, matter of fact, when I, when I was uh, still uh, recovering, you know, I got home, and, and of course, there's still, you know, there was a, a, good, a good long while and, uh, of, of kind of dealing with the side effects and everything like that. And I remember the enemy coming to me one time, and they said, he's, this is literally what he said. He messed up because um, I was starting to somewhat believe him, even though I, I, I wasn't picking up. I, I thought it was me and uh, just, just being uh, um, natural, okay? But I was sitting there, and I, I began to have these thoughts that said, you know, you've, you've preached on faith, and you've st stood out there, and you've laid hands on people and all this stuff, and look, look. You, 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 you couldn't even believe God for yourself. Couldn't even believe God for yourself. You're just sitting there. And then all of a sudden, he messed up when he said, he said, um, uh, you know, uh, you couldn't even heal yourself. And so who's ever going to let you lay hands on him? Because you can't, you would never be able to heal anybody. And that's where he messed up. Because automatically the Holy Spirit rose up in me and said, I'm not the healer anyway. He is. 
And I, I said it out loud. It was so loud on the inside of me. I said, I'm not the healer anyway. He is. I'm just believing his word. Amen. And so when it comes to these things, listen, it's, it's not that we don't have a natural side and we don't have to fight those things, but circumstance comes into our lives to begin to try to halt that faith process to get us to begin to, to, to think back and to feel back and to begin to talk back. And so when you're doing that and you're, you're stopping moving, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just a little inch at a time, because, you know, sometimes we don't get to run 100 miles an hour, right? You shouldn't run 100 miles an hour at all. And I'll neither confirm nor deny that I may have or may not have been over 100 miles on Interstate 20 to Dallas before. I'm neither going to confirm nor deny that. But let's just say 75 miles an hour because that's legal, right? Let's talk about legal things, not pastor doing illegal things. But we can't run 75 miles an hour everywhere right? Either by speed limit or by terrain. Amen? And sometimes when we're used to everything going right and everything going good and we're running 75 miles an hour and all of a sudden we turn off in, in life, we find ourselves down a dirt road with a bunch of obstacles and it's not the greatest maintained road. Maybe there's mud, maybe there's rocks, maybe there's big potholes and different things like that. How many of you know you got to uh, slow down a little bit? How many know you got a, there's a, there's a little bit more torque involved and less speed? Amen? Well, in life, when we're, when we're trying to run, and all of a sudden, we, we find ourselves on a trail or on a road that's it, it's, it's hard, it's tough, and, 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 it, and it feels like we're going really slow. Sometimes we'll, we'll go, well, God, where's God at? And I, I mean, man, I, I want to run 75. So do I. I want to run 75 all the time. But sometimes we get our, ourselves, and, and we have circumstances come in our life where we have to slow down, but never stop moving forward. Never stop, no, never put it in park and just go, well, if I can't run 75, I'm, I'm not going to run five. If I can't run 75, I'm not going to run two. But faith will keep you moving forward no matter how, you may, it may slow, we may slow down. We may get in places we got to slow down. But we should never stop, amen? Proverbs 14, 14 says, the backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways. And a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. So the backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways. And a good man will be filled with the fruit of his ways. So faith and circumstance. These are two choices to follow. And it's not like we're unfamiliar with this choice. We've made it a thousand times. But most of the time we make it based on how we feel which lends itself to more times than not going the direction of our circumstance rather than faith. Amen? Those are our two options. Circumstance comes in the form of pressure, as we just said, feelings, emotions, which are one and the same, but circumstance can come in the form of real-life issues. And I say real life issues because sometimes our feeling and our emotions lie to us and it's not really even the way that it actually is. Has anybody felt a certain way or, or, or just something was so real on the inside of you and your emotions, but yet when you step back and you look at that situation, it really wasn't even the way you thought it was? 
right? But the circumstance we find ourselves in, I'll give you an example. How many of you consider yourself people pleaser? Let me give you uh, so you can kind of find yourself. When someone walks into a room and they don't look happy, do you automatically assume you've done something to them? I do. So if you walk in the church and you're like this or you're in worship and you're like this, I think they hate me. Now I've gotten over that or try to get over that. That's just a part of, of kind of my nature sometimes. I, I want people to be happy. I don't, want, I don't like making people mad. I don't like doing all this stuff. But a lot of times what, what happens is, 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 is when you are a people pleaser and you see somebody in a bad mood, you had nothing to do with it. You didn't do anything or anything like that. But you think because they didn't greet you the way that they normally greet you, then they must not, be, they must not like me right now. Well, what is that? That's a feeling or an emotion that makes me think circumstances are different. And instead of saying, well, the Bible says love believes the best. Instead of that, that's faith. Because you know what? That person might even be mad at you. They might really be mad at you. And unless you know what's going on, how are you going to fix it anyway? So what happens? Love, love believes the best. So I had, to, I had to do that. Actually, my wife really helped me years ago. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I would... I would be, my stomach would be in knots. I would go, oh my gosh, I don't know what I did. I'm, I'm going through, what did I do? What did I do? Why are they mad at me? And I remember one time she said, Hagen, did you do anything? I said, well, if I did, I don't know it. And she goes, if you did something, then go and repent and ask for forgiveness. If you didn't do anything or you don't, there's no way to even think that you did anything, stop worrying about it. Just move on. I'm like, okay. I've had to tell myself that a thousand times. I've had to say, Love believes the best. I'm just gonna believe that if there is something wrong and if they don't, whatever, they'll, they'll come to me because if I knew, I would go to them, but I can't. So, and I know that's such a simple thing, but circumstance comes in those forms. They come in the form of pressure. They come in the form of feelings, emotions, real life issues. Because that's kind of, I mean, it's a real life issue, but it's kind of almost made up too. I've made an issue out of something that wasn't an issue, right? Sometimes circumstances come in the form of, of guilt trips. You say, really? Guilt trips? Yeah. Because some people can guilt trip you into doing something that either A, you know the Lord doesn't really want you to do, or B, you just don't want to do, but you did it anyway, so you found yourself doing something that you either weren't supposed to do or you didn't want to do, and you wasted time doing something with somebody or for somebody that you didn't really feel like you were supposed to do or the Lord wants you to do, but you did it anyway because they guilt tripped you. That's the circumstance. May not be yours. You may go, I don't care what nobody thinks. That's a circumstance too. Because if you don't care what anybody thinks, you might be a rude person. You might be knocking off relationships that God wanted you to be in because you don't care what nobody thinks. You're just going to do what you do. I'm going to do me. As Christians, we don't get the luxury of doing us. I know that's not what they, what they preach in today's society. As Christians, we don't get the luxury of following our truth. We follow the truth, and we want to be what God has called us to be. Amen? So guilt trips, sickness, obviously, is a huge circumstance. And really just all things contrary to what the Word of God says. That he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Those are all circumstances, Right? Because any time a human being is in a place 
where we are not prospering and being in health as our soul prospers, we feel held back, right? It's a circumstance. Some people are better at dealing with those circumstances than others. Some people are really good at helping other people deal with circumstances, but they're really bad at allowing the Lord to help them in their circumstance. Listen, I've, I'm, I'm a pastor. I, I've sat there in, in, in a room with people, and they've told me what's going on in their life, and, and I'm looking at this thing, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making it little, but I'm looking at this thing knowing, knowing circumstances that I've heard other people talk about, and I want to say, you don't know how good you got it. This ain't nothing. I'm telling you, we can, get out, we, we can fix this. But anytime, and I don't say that because I, I don't want to be insensitive, but I'll begin to make suggestions on how to fix that or how to get out of that or how to change this. You ever ran into one of those people that they have, for every solution, they have a problem? And the problem is really just something in their mind. They, they don't, you know, well, I would do this, but then this, and, and you'll say, well, what, have you ever thought about that? Well, you know, this, and oh, have you ever thought about that? Well, and, and it's gotta be absolutely perfect, and I'm sitting there thinking, no, no situation, especially when circumstances are involved, are ever perfect, and the, the name of the game is when you get in a circumstance, not to let it hold you back, to, but to push through it, and it may not be perfect. I got a real-life illustration that if you laugh at me, I'm gonna be mad. No, I'm not. But yesterday, I just was sitting at the house. Everybody was gone. And I was like, well, you know, yesterday and today, the last, last two days of duck season, I'm just sitting there. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down. And where we've been going, and, you know, I, I knew it was gonna be just like super flooded. So I get down there where we normally we park and we can walk, you know, on the bank or whatever. And it's just like, you know, it's flooded. But, I mean, I, I kind of remember in my head how it was. And so where we normally walk, it didn't look like it was that high right there, but just there. So anyway, I walk, and I, and I, I could stay up on the high spot. So I, I set up on this bank, and I, I hunted for a couple of hours and, and um, you know, finally had a couple of gadwall come in and, and um, got them to come to my call and, and, and ended up taking one of them. And, and when I did, the current immediately began to take it down basically the path that we usually walk on. So I'm trying to catch it before it does get in deep water. And I go and I step off thinking this is going to be maybe knee deep. No, sir. It was not knee deep. And by the time I realized it was knee deep, I, was, I had already done it. And I'm trying to get back up the bank and I'm grabbing limbs and I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And finally, I just surrendered to the circumstance. And I just came down and I rested about here. My waiters come to here because I didn't bring the tall ones. And I just let them fill up, and I just sit there, letting them fill up. Walked over there, got the duck. I wasn't going to be defeated. I went and sat for another 30, 45 minutes just to prove to whoever, nobody was there, that I could. So you weren't going to ruin the rest of my hunt, although I was, felt horrible. A lot of times, people get in those situations in life and circumstances in life, and and they just, they just sit there. Nobody, was, nobody knew where my, I mean, everybody was gone, so I didn't get a chance to tell anybody where I was. My cell phone, which is, you know, not smart of me, my cell phone uh, didn't have service. If I'd have just sit there, 
waiting on someone to get me out of that, I'd still be there. Nobody knew where I was. And right here this morning, you may be in a place like that mentally or spiritually, emotionally, whatever, and because of the demeanor on your face, nobody really knows where you're at. But if you sit there in that circumstance, you're gonna continue to sit there. But the, the false sense of security is, is that you're just gonna sit there. You know, like if I'd have just stayed right there waiting on somebody to come. The false sense of security is, is this isn't too bad. I can wait. And have you know, as the sun went down, maybe even the water rose, it was gonna get harder and harder just to be there. Amen? So circumstance comes in some forms. And a lot of times we feel like just giving into it. The faith, on the other hand, listen to this, has nothing in the world to do with feelings. Faith has nothing in the world to do with feelings. I'm gonna say it again. Faith has nothing in the world to do with feelings. Now you can have faith that your feelings change, but feelings never help faith. Amen? Faith is not meant to follow a feeling or desire. He said it again, faith is not meant to follow a feeling or a desire. Faith is much more powerful because if we get a hold of faith, we can actually create our feelings and our circumstances. You say, I don't know if I believe it. Well, we, we, we have to. Circumstance, there's a couple of little one-liners that may help you. Circumstance brings you direction. Circumstance brings you direction. Why? Circumstance comes in your life and says, you gotta deal with me. This is your direction. You gotta deal with me. So circumstance brings direction. Faith, if you work faith, you actually create your direction. So circumstance will bring you a direction and make you feel like you have no choice here. You've gotta go this way because this is the circumstance, this is the situation that you're in. You gotta be here, you gotta go this direction, but faith will actually create your direction. Faith is always going to be moving you towards him. He's all, faith is always gonna be moving you towards his plan. Faith is always gonna be moving you towards his purpose. But circumstance will come in our life and say, listen, this is in your life, this is a real thing, these are real feelings, these are real emotions, these are real problems, these are, this is a real sickness, this is real, 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 and, and, and everybody that is as human would say, yes, that's, this is real. Faith says that the truth of the word of God is more real than my present circumstance. If you want to know what has led you in life thus far, and I'm not saying everything that happens to you or whatever, I'm just saying if you want to know what has led you in life thus far, and it's probably a combination of the two, begin to see what is motivating your movement. Begin to calculate what is motivating your movement. What moves me? What causes me 
to go directions that I go? What direction do you move in? Is it a constant direction towards the word and the promises of God? Or is your life beginning to look more like what the world is afraid of, what the world bows to, what the world says? Because it can. I mean, we just came out of an, an, an era. Well, I'm, I guess we're still kind of in it. But I, but I watched the, the fear and the emotions and the, all the things that, that came along with the last three or four years pull apart people from the house of God, pull apart from people from the faith, pull apart uh, people that, you know, all these things. And, and, and what began to happen is they began to believe more in the circumstance that we were in than the faith that they had in God, that, that the direction that we're going in God, no matter what begins to happen around us, we can overcome that by the faith that we have in the word of God and, and, and moving towards him and not towards the things of the world. You know, circumstances in our life really come to prove what we believe about God. Circumstance will come in your life to prove what you believe about God. They're here to test you. Will they get you to backslide on your faith? Will they get you to backslide on your doctrine, on your prayer life, on your evangelistic duties? Will they get you, what will they get you to do? Will they cause you to begin to preach something new about God to your friends and family? What I mean by that is sometimes we'll believe something until something else happens that is contrary to what we believed. And because something happened to us that was contrary to what we believed, now we gotta make up an excuse or another doctrine or we gotta reason it out or, 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 or somehow come up with these things. Will they cause you to make up new doctrines about God, circumstances. That's what they're here to do. They're here to take your faith. Now more than ever, we need to fortify our faith with the word of God because really it's, it's the only defense. Romans 12, 2. It says, um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And we preach this scripture a lot of times because we want people to stop acting worldly. And, and a lot of times it, it has, has to center around uh, different sins and different things like that. Hey, don't be conformed to this world. But really, if we're, if we're talking about this, the circumstance, the world is what produces circumstance in our life. And so when circumstance comes that is, that is contrary to the word of God, and we conform to it, we just let it mold us, we just let it push us into whatever area it wants to push us, and we go, uh, circumstance. You know, we were, uh, I was down there by Lovick's uh, yesterday morning, and uh, the boat ramp down there, and I just happened to pull around, and golly, there is whole forest in the river right now. I mean, whole, just big, huge trees and treetops, just float, just trash everywhere. What is that circumstance? The river's flowing away a, a certain way. The world is flowing a certain way. And whatever can be picked up and moved 
is going to flow the direction that the world is flowing. And, and, and the world just pushes it into different nooks and crannies and, 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 and all these things. It's, it, it almost seems random. It, it, it doesn't really care. It's just trying to move it out of the way and, and, and all these things. And, and that's really a, a good picture of, of what happens to us as humans when we're, when we're born, as, as we're born and we're growing up and we're growing older and all these different things. The, the, the circumstances in life wants to push us. It's, it's really kind of random. It doesn't really care where you go. It just wants you to go the way of the world. It just wants you to go here, there, and yonder. And what I see a lot of times is people don't stand in faith to say, no, I'm not going to just be pushed here, there, and yonder. I'm not going to just let whatever wants to happen to me happen to me. I'm going to stand, and not only am I going to stand, but I'm going to move against the current. It's a whole lot harder, but I'm not going to be pushed into a nook, into a a cranny, and just wind up where everything else winds up. I want to wind up where God says that I'm supposed to be. Amen? Amen? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So right here, my mind's got to be renewed by the word of God so that I'm not conformed and transformed into what the world wants, but I'm transformed by what God says, by the renewal of my mind. It says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Listen, there's a, we just you know, maybe not, but it seemed like a monsoon last week or so. And there is a monsoon of lies and confusion, really this just raining down on this generation. And if we're not pouring the word of God over our hearts daily, we're really gonna be washed out by those lies. Romans 5, 25 through 27, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Watch how Christ loved the church. Not only did he give himself for the church, we're the church, so Jesus gave himself so that we could be formed, so that we could, we could happen here. Verse 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, and that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So if you're part of the bride, if you're part of the church, you should want to come and be washed by the word of God. Amen? Not to be washed out with everything else, but that's how he loves us. I got this illustration just this morning when I was, when I was sitting there, um, you know, reading over my notes and everything. It says, husband loves your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he, she should be holy and without blemish. And I'd, I'd already wrote this part. If you're part of the bride, you'll want to come and be washed by his word. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave me this illustration of Christians that want to, we want to receive salvation. But we don't voluntarily come and be washed by the word of God. And I started thinking about all the weddings that I've done and been a part of as a minister. You know, one thing I've never heard, 
I've never once heard someone telling the bride that she needs to look her best that day, that she needs to take a shower, that she needs to put on a nice dress. I've, I've never heard that. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. The bride is telling everybody else, if you don't get with the program, buddy, you're going to be here. At one, I, I was one. They had to be there like 7 a.m. in the morning. The wedding was not till that night. You'll make sure it's perfect. A lot of times as the church, we're just like, you know, whatever. And when we say, gosh, all this stuff is happening in our lives, all this stuff is happening, this, that, and the other. Hey, well, well, we need to be transformed by the renewal of our mind by the word of God. We need to be washed by the word of God. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. If you're part of the bride, you'll want to come and be washed by his word. You'll want to be clean. You'll want to be presentable. That's not by might and it's not by works, but it's by coming daily and being washed by his word. Amen? Your doctrine, or we could say this, what you believe about God. Now, we have one as a church, but just because we have one as a church and you go to church here doesn't mean it matches up. I'm smart enough to believe that. But your doctrine, what you believe about God, has to go so much deeper, listen to this, has to go so much deeper than what you've just come to think about all the things you've heard about God. Your personal doc, your doctrine has to be so much deeper than, than your collective thought about all the things you've heard about God. It's got to be so much deeper than that. You need to know for yourself what God says about himself and his word. Um, I, got, I got time to do this one thing. We may not finish uh, this message this morning. But go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, real quick. Because this is a good place to start to understand what the church should look like. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, now this is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness and longsuffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high and he led captivity captive, he gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended in the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. I know that got a little boggy right there, but this is what he's trying to say is it says he himself talking about Jesus. So he's trying to say the same Jesus that did all the things for us. He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. He's talking about to the church for the equipment of the saints of the work of the ministry, edifying of the body of Christ. It says till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man to the measure 
of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk and the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give himself, uh, to, to, uh, may have something to give him who was in need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you were sealed from the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, there's a whole lot in there we could unpack. But what I want you to see in there is Paul is literally taking the highlight reel of what the church, what the bride should look like, the local body. Not just the church as a whole, but what a local body ought to look like. This is how you deal with things. He's saying, listen, we're not dealing with things like the world. Listen, we, gotta, we're, we have to have our mind renewed by the word of God because if we don't, we're gonna continue to operate like the world operates. We're gonna continue to let circumstance push us into different places. And as that circumstance pushes us here and pushes us there, and we're still operating like the world and we're not operating like the bride of Christ, we're not operating by the things that now, that now uh, are, are able to help us, then we're just gonna have what they have. And, and Paul's sitting there saying, that, that's, that is not what we're meant to do. It takes faith over circumstances. If we're going to be constantly moving towards him, we'll have to deal with our circumstances by faith. The major danger of allowing circumstances to take over the direction of your life is the long-term adjustments it makes in your heart. No one but God can see where you're at today. But circumstances if we allow them to be bigger and louder and take more control than the, than the faith that we have in the word of God, even if it just bumps you a little bit, even if it just bumps you away from truth a little bit, over time you'll be a lot of bit. Amen? Last scripture, Luke 21, 24. But watch yourselves. lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of life. And that day come upon you suddenly 
like a trap. You know, that day will come down to your direction, faith or circumstance, not perfection in the process or perfection in the projection of a life you wanted people to see, but a true understanding from the Father as to who his bride really is. It will most definitely be those who by faith moved in the constant direction of his truth despite the worldly circumstances around them. So my challenge to you, last statement, we'll pray. My challenge to you, old and especially young, become a lover of the word of God. It's really your heavy artillery. It's, it's what you use to combat. If you don't know what the word of God says about things, and I'm not saying you have to necessarily all of a sudden know everything, but I'm a firm believer that if you'll just start loving the word and you'll start falling in love with the word of God, begin to renew your mind with the word of God, taking it as you can and, and pursuing that, that the Holy Spirit has a way of leading and guiding you. He says he'll lead and guide you into all truth leading you and guiding you into things that you're maybe gonna need in, in the near future. And then as you grow and as you build upon that, it gets on the inside of you. When you come up against circumstances and your circumstances is speaking really, really, really loud to you and you wanna succumb to those circumstances, the word of God will rise up on the inside of you and say, that's not what the word says. Just like that day where I'm sitting there and I've been weak and I've been sick and I felt terrible because look at me. Look at me. I mean, I've, I've stood in a pulpit and preached this stuff, and I believe it, but I just didn't have the strength to operate in it. And the enemy comes and says, no one is ever gonna let you pray for them or lay hands on them again because you couldn't even heal yourself. And all of a sudden, the word rose up and said, I'm not the healer anyway. Christ is. Christ is. I'm not. The word of faith movement they're not the healers. Every great preacher that's ever prayed for anybody, they're not the healers. I'm not the healer. You're not the healer. But the word of God says believers. So if you're a believer, it, 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 this brings you into it. Believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's not my word, that's his word. So the question is whether, not whether or not I'm a healer because I'm not a healer. He's a healer. The question is, are you a believer? And if you're a believer, then now I do have a part to play. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the Word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.